Welcome to the Frederick Democrats podcast, the official podcast of the Frederick County Democratic State Central Committee. I'm your host, Josh Kramer, and today I'm speaking with Chris Fair, who is a candidate for alderman here in the city of Frederick. Thank you, Chris, for uh, taking some time out today and doing this podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a couple of things. First off, just a little bit about yourself. I think a lot of people in the city of Frederick know that you're the director of the Frederick Center, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that and what you do there, and then just some other things about yourself. Sure. So I moved to Frederick City in 2004, and I've been living here ever since. Uh, I lived off of the Golden Mile for a number of years, about 10, and uh, worked on a number of nonprofits through that time, including the Frederick Arts Council, the Frederick Festival of the Arts, the Weinberg Center. I've done some work with the Maryland Ensemble Theater. I've done some work with the Greater Frederick Advertising Federation and others. Um, I've managed a high-end salon and spa for the last uh, 15 years. Uh, working at New York, New York Salon, as well as I did two other jobs here in Frederick City. So I've had a lot of extensive experience working with organizations that also work with the government on different projects. Um, one of my favorite hobbies to do on my in my spare time is to work on historic preservation issues. So I used to do historic preservation subcontractor work uh, for buildings in downtown Frederick, which again, just another layer of working with the city. So you have a really extensive background and things that you've done for the city. And uh, one of the other things I really wanted to ask today is why are you a Democrat? Because you're running as a Democrat for aldermen. Uh, and why, why do you identify politically as a Democrat? George, so when I was growing up as a kid, uh, my dad and I had dinner one night and he said, and I said to him, this was about 1991, 92, and I said, I don't understand what the difference between a Democrat and a Republican is. And my dad, who has no political affiliation at all, just said, well, Republicans essentially believe that businesses are supposed to prop everybody up by making lots of money and being super successful. And Democrats believe that individuals build up their country as a whole um, together. And I said, well, wouldn't the businesses suffer if the individuals weren't there to support them? And he said, well, yeah. But I guess that's one way to look at it. And that's really what kind of started my mentality of why I became a Democrat. I believe that we're in a group fight together, and I believe the Democratic Party values believe that we're all stronger when we're working together towards a common goal. Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned in your intro here was about historic preservation. And that's something that's near and dear to my heart because I'm a history teacher professionally. <laughs> I have a history degree from and, college. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. And so one of the things about Frederick is that we have this fantastic uh, historic landscape here. However, we've also been seeing some of these buildings are deteriorating because they haven't been kept up. And of course, there's uh, the tannery uh, where mm-hmm. in the in the location where the uh, conference center is uh, probably going to be built very soon, at least in the near future. But I wanted to ask uh, about that in terms of we're a growing city. Frederick is the second largest city in the state of Maryland, according to the last census data. How can Frederick City kind of balance the, the growth that's happening here while trying to maintain our uh, our historic preservation and preserve our history and I, I think that's a, a big attraction for tourists that come here, is they like the historic charm of Frederick. So how would you as aldermen 
balance our history with our growth? I think it's important, well, one, to allow the Historic Preservation Commission to serve as its independent commission that it is. So I wouldn't want to uh, overstep my bounds by saying to them, this is how you should be running your organization, because it's very important that that commission stay uh, nonpartisan and stay uh, independent from the government, uh, from, from our branch. But with that being said, I do support very heavily many of the works that we've already seen, like Bert Anderson's work at the cannery on East Street, where he beautifully melds the history of that building with a new piece of architecture to create office space um, on East Street. You have, you, there is no doubt what, that there was something there prior, but he did nothing to try to meld um, the new in with the old. Instead, he made the new stand out from the old. So you can both appreciate the history of what was there while also appreciating and understanding that we have to grow. And the tannery is a perfect example of that. I would hope that the uh, Plamundans will take a, a hard look as they're building out the conference center at whether or not we can incorporate that tannery space into the property in any way uh, in order to maintain the historical structure and also tell a little bit of the history because it is important to recognize that a space like the tannery is a unique space and a unique aspect to the economy of Frederick City from hundreds of years ago. And that's another component here, the the economic uh, aspect of Frederick City. Uh, I think, by and large, whether you're talking about Frederick City or Frederick County, we have, I think, what most communities would consider a great problem to have, and that is people want to be here. Mm -hmm. We are growing, and of course, that does put other strains and demands on our resources, and we have to figure out how to best allocate those resources. Right. But what can you, as an alderman, and then of course working with the mayor, uh, try to do to promote economic growth here in Frederick? And I want to add one more piece to this. I was recently at a meeting with the Young Democrats of Frederick County, mm -hmm. and this is one of the things that is a major concern for them because they want to live here, they want to work here, mm -hmm. they want to play here. And so what can you do, what can we do uh, to promote economic growth in Frederick? So there's a few things. First is address issues of development in the, in the region and make sure that we have adequate living space and adequate affordable housing in the region. So that requires us to go in and say, okay, how are we going to build out enough homes to create um, adequate, an adequate number of structures that affordable housing can naturally exist? Um, in order to do that, we need to talk about infilling. So there is a lot of spaces in Frederick City uh, that are just little holes of property that could be infilled in order to create the appropriate tax base to drive down taxes for all of our citizens and provide affordable housing for everybody without major economic hits like building out massive sewer lines and pipelines in order to expand north or west or east or anywhere else outside of the what already exists as Frederick City proper. So my suggestion would be to start there. The second, to answer your question about economic development specifically, is really our economic development department, who does an amazing job already of going out and talking to people, really we want to empower them more to go out and reach out to entrepreneurs and convince them why they need to move to the city. One of my key points of why I'm running for office is um, to create a a welcoming system for businesses in Frederick to not only bring them here, but then keep them here once they get here. Because we hear all the time about issues in 
the city and the county where businesses, big businesses are coming in and then they're leaving and you know hundreds of employees are losing their jobs. We don't want that to happen in this city. What we need to do is create a relationship, sustain that relationship. As my good friends always say, you know, reinforcing our silos is so important in our community, making sure that we keep up with all of these businesses, making sure they feel welcome here. In addition to that, you know, one of the big issues in, in Frederick, and of course anybody that goes to your website uh, would see the issue of blight, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you've got a picture on there of the infamous Asiana restaurant. Uh, and so right blighted, on my website. <laughs> yeah. So um, the blighted properties are another major concern in Frederick. Uh, what can be done to improve or fix the problem of blighted properties? Three prongs here, and it's very, to me, it's very simple. Set aside receivership. It's not, it isn't a necessary process in all of this. What we need to do is first identify these blighted properties with actual code language that says if you meet certain criteria, you will be defined as a public as a blighted property. Once we have that physical list, we can announce that list at public meetings. We can talk to the people who own those properties about the fact that they are phys uh, officially designated a blighted property, and we can try to push them into a direction of doing something about that. That's step one. Step two is then creating a special code enforcement list for blighted properties. It can be much more strict than our standard code enforcement. And that allows us to go in and say to the property owner, listen, you really got to bring this up to up to par. We're willing to work with you, but we have a very strict set of lists of, of, of code enforcement violations here that you need to meet. And chances are that, that that property owner is either going to say, okay, I got to bring this property up to code, or I'd rather rather get rid of it, it's too much of a financial deterrent now, and I want to get rid of it. So it encourages them to release the property, essentially. The third prong in all of that is reaching out to those entrepreneurs as we were talking about economic development. There are plenty of people, including people that I um, that I used to work for when I worked at Inform Interactive, they originally wanted to buy the Asiana building. The problem was, was the business, the property owner wanted it for 20% above market value. Now, if the city had played a role in this, they could have went in and said, property uh, purchaser X, if you buy a blighted property and you agree to fix it up in X number of days, let's just say 180 you know, or 365 days, um, and you get it up to code within that time period, we will give you a five-year, 10-year tax reprieve um, for, for property taxes. And that is our, the city's way of offsetting that potential loss that the, the business owner would make. Because if the property owner is asking for 20% above market value and the city is saying, okay, but we'll offset a good chunk of that with your property taxes, then it becomes viable for the business to buy it. Whereas in the situation that we were in years ago where that property could have been bought, it wasn't viable. It, was, it would have been full, a foolish business decision for that business owner to make. So those are the three areas where I think that if we tackled all three of those areas at once, we, would, we could essentially wipe out a majority of our bladed property issue both work at, while working with both the property owners that have the bladed properties and finding new entrepreneurs to bring new economic development to downtown. You know, it's one of those issues that where you have these great pieces of real estate that are essentially just being wasted. Yes. Uh, and the potential there for jobs, maybe new restaurants or something, uh, that's one idea that's come up. Another one is to deal with the homelessness yeah. in, in Frederick. So one last question I want to ask you sure. uh, is on that, the issue of homelessness in, in Frederick and what can be done to address uh, issues of homelessness and poverty in general. So again, this is another one of those very interesting issues that comes down to availability of jobs, 
right, is is first and foremost making sure that there's adequate number of jobs available within the Frederick City in order for people to have walking and mass commuter options to be able to work. Um, there also needs to be programs in place that educate people on how to apply for jobs, how to present yourself in in a job applicant um, situation. As a manager of a business, I hire people um, on a weekly basis almost. And bringing those many people in, you see a lot of different variations on job interviews. And I can tell you that a lot of people could use that education as how to do just a basic job interview. But set that aside, let's talk about homelessness. So here's my biggest challenge with our, our current city government and how I think that we could expand on it. I think the city's job is to play an active and proactive role in homelessness. We have at my last count, seven or eight different organizations that are all dealing with the homelessness issue on different levels, including the Frederick Center with, with which I'm a board chair of. I think the city's job, role in all of this is to act as the mediator, the center the center point to the conversation. And they reach out to these organizations and say, come to City Hall, sit down at the conference table, you all are working on this issue independently or just two or three of you are working together. What happens if all eight of you work together? What kind of solutions can we come up with together where the city's invested as well as the nonprofits are invested as well as any other NGOs or for-profit businesses that want to be invested in this project? What happens if we all pool our resources? Could we find a long-term living solution for all homelessness or all homeless individuals in Frederick City? And I think the answer is yes. I think there is some answers out there. I think we all have the pieces. It's just they're not coming together as a puzzle. So I wanted to remind everyone that's listening, you know, there is a city election this year. I know some of the candidates have been out canvassing, and, and there have been several people that don't know that there is a, an election this year. And in 2013, the voter turnout was uh, 23%. So I want to make sure that I, I cover these dates. So the primary election is on Tuesday, September 12th, and the polls are open from 7 in the morning to 8 in the evening. And the general election is going to be on Tuesday, November 7th, and polls will be open from 7 in the morning to 8 in the evening. And if you uh, don't know your polling center or place, you can go to www.cityoffrederick.com slash 150 slash elections, and you can type in your address and find your polling location there. Uh, this is a very important election, I think. I think, as you've brought up, Chris, there are several uh, big issues in Frederick City that affect the residents here, and, and it's a very important election in terms of who, who we decide to, to put in uh, the aldermanic and mayoral offices. Uh, so once again, I want to thank you, Chris Fair, for being here. Thank you so much. This oh, was great. My, my pleasure. And uh, just uh, thanks to uh, David Fitzwater, who composed the music for this podcast. Uh, thanks so much.